Welcome to Something to Carp About. I'm Dennis Mitchell. The old saying goes, I don't know much about art, but I know what I like. And what I liked for this episode was finding out more about the Linda Fairley Carpinteria Art Center with the executive director, Linda Rosso, and IT specialist, Lan Ledbetter. I'm not any kind of art aficionado by any means. Uh, I know art is basically any... Uh, form of expression trying to get another human's attention and that could be music and that can be acting it could be just about anything but I also have at least a passing interest in looking at a thought-provoking painting or piece of sculpture and I guess that's probably what we're going to be focusing on today. Uh, first of all job well done both of you on your extremely clean and well-run facility. Oh thank you it's a group effort. Yeah. It's teamwork. Yeah, I can only imagine. Uh, why is this so beloved in CARP? Um, Carpinteria residents don't generally seem to fit the definition or stereotype of an art gallery or art museum person. Well, we're a lot more than just an art gallery. We're also a studio facility that hosts a lot of classes. We have, uh, so far for our spring semester, 240 students registered. Wow, no idea. Didn't know. And, uh, and in looking at your YouTube stuff and the record of what you guys have done, youth, young people are yes. very much involved. Yes. I think that's very heartening. Education and exposure to the arts is very important. It's part of our mission and part of our strategic plan. <laughs> and we are also a venue located right in the heart of Carpinteria. So we hold concerts and rent it for weddings and corporate events and birthday parties and that type of thing. We are a community center. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. There's nothing like strolling down Linden on a nice sunny day and uh, there's music playing out there and you've got something going on. It really does lend to the ambience of the town. Do you do outreach with the local schools as far as letting them know you're there and getting students involved? Yes, we do. And we also look to students as volunteers. We have volunteers that come in, youth volunteers that come in and help us with, uh, for instance, summer camp. And I don't think they help us with after school, but... No, not for after school. But Our after school program is, is pretty small. It's a, it's a small environment, very intimate with the teachers and the student. But they do help during the summer camp session, which goes for almost eight weeks. Tell us a little about that. Summer camp happens right there at the center? At the center. And it's called Art by the Sea. And there's a different segment for each week. There's a different program. And Lan, we added two weeks this year, didn't we? We have seven weeks for this okay. year, yes. And we have one two-week session at the very end. Yeah. And that's performing arts? Uh, the first three sessions are arts in the morning and music in the afternoon. And then the last three sessions are going to be visual arts in the morning and drama in the afternoon. So summer camp, I, I just find that a novel concept, uh, doing art for your summer camp. Yeah, it's, it's very popular, and we also provide scholarships to anyone who needs help, um, you know, to attend our classes and the tuition. Mm -hmm. So um, we want to make it available to everyone. Well, among the preteens and the, and the teens who use the the center, is there any one form of art that's more popular than the others? You say performing arts. I got to think that's extremely popular. That is popular. We also have a teen art mural week that we do, and we present their work 
and display it throughout throughout the year. So it's up the entire year. Mm-hmm. And uh, Lan historically, is uh, there anything else on the Teen Mural Project? Well. Last year we had 42 registrations for the Teen Mural Project, and the registrations for this year's Teen Mural Project just went up on the website. So All anyone right. is welcome to register for the Teen Mural. Registration is free. Okay, and that's mm-hmm. just part of the specialness of it. Right. As you walk by, like I said, you might have a music band playing or not, but either way you can always see that mural. Right. It's fantastic. And, you know, we offer guitar lessons, ukulele lessons. There's just a plethora of different art forms Mm -hmm. poetry too poetry Mm -hmm. and uh we have a book that we did um called 100 oh no small town big art and it features 100 carpenteria artists nice it's really a beautiful beautiful well done book wow very popular well received i love it uh the phase of this podcast has been all about learning about carp because that's what i'm still doing uh, eight years after I first set foot here. So if you could tell me a bit about the history of the museum and how it came to be on Linden Avenue where it is now. Uh, the gallery didn't always used to be that building. The gallery used to be that little cottage in the back, which is now being used as offices. And um, they, required, they acquired the real estate of the building over, which used to be Cajun Kitchen. And so construction began. And after some time of construction, on April 1st, 2019, they opened that building as the gallery. Nice. Had to be quite a challenge clearing out what used to be a kitchen. Uh, and Cajun Kitchen's no small stuff. That's a very popular place. Very popular. So that had to be a major project, major oh. renovation oh, I mean, yes. uh, uh, and costly, I'm yes. thinking. And yes. I know that we had so many volunteers helping with that effort and um, everybody who helped Inside of the walls, it's a time capsule. Oh, I see. Oh, I see what you mean. I thought you meant figuratively, but uh, (laughs) literally that's even cooler. Uh, Tell us a little about the history of the building in the back, though. How long was that there, and and what's the origins of that? Well, it used to be a tractor barn originally. Wow. And it still has the marks on the floor, I think, for where the tractor had to stop. Um, so it's definitely an old building. I don't know the exact date of when it was constructed, mm-hmm. but it originally was the art gallery and then was converted after the existing gallery was constructed into um, offices. And it will be our next capital campaign project, um, you know, to uh, bring it up to speed because we're a growing organization we're expanding and we don't have anywhere to expand to yeah yeah well i find the concept interesting that that facility doing what it does winds up in the heart of a basically a tourist and and shopping district but we're going to get to that here in a little bit uh when events come and you're forming the schedule for the center how do you determine how best to use the space is there any preference between art that's hung on a wall or sculptures that stand on a, on a stand? Or uh, uh, how do you decide how to use the space? So all of our art exhibits are juried by selected jurors from our exhibition committee. And so uh, the juror of, of that particular show will select the pieces and whether it fits with the theme and uh, 
their standards of selection. Each exhibit has a theme to it. So um, right now we're nurture to nature. Yeah. Or nature to nurture. Nurture and nature. <laughs> nurture and nature. And so th that theme is carried throughout the jury process. And Okay. Now I guess that's the bigger question is how do you decide what's coming? How do you decide what events to go with? and what would be appropriate and what people want to see. So we have just open submissions. Anybody is welcome to submit young, old, out of town, in town, and um, they're welcome to submit and then drop them off. Can this be a, a matter of a, uh, someone who handles a lot of art wanting to come in and display all of it? Uh, a, a clearinghouse, a broker, something like that? No. These are, these or... are just people from their heart Right, submitting yeah. their right. works of art and hoping that you choose them. Right. All independent artists. All, yes. So they're on display. Obviously, they're for sale as well. Okay. But we don't take them down until the exhibit is over. So if someone wants to purchase an item, which happens very frequently, uh, we keep it on the wall as part of the display. And then at the end, they can pick up the piece that they've selected. Okay, we're talking in the second week of May and uh, Nurture to Nature, is that? Nurture and Nature. Nurture and Nature is going to be the uh, the big event that will be there and last while. That's kind of what I'm getting at. How did you choose that theme in terms of, you know, an event to hold? And then, then did you go looking for pieces of art that fit that theme? So we have an exhibition committee which is made up of all volunteers. And they do, and Lan is on that committee, um, they lay out for the entire year the different uh, themes that will take place. And each exhibit lasts about six weeks. And, and it's a really fast process of taking it down, paint and patch, hanging up the new. Um, it's, it's just a couple of days that, right. that, that all of that happens. And Lan can probably share experiences on how the themes are developed. Yes. So when we develop the themes on the exhibition committee, we always try to select something that's kind of interesting, out of the box, and still rather open-ended that can be interpreted by artists. Okay. Well, that's... That seems pretty all-encompassing, you know. Uh, they're very thoughtful. Yeah. They're a great group of people. The they really committee. are, and they're very um, outside of the box. So, um, you know, we've had so many interesting, since I've been there, so many interesting exhibits that have been well-received. Uh, the Human Forms, the Green. The Power of Green. The Power of Green. Mm -hmm. That was an amazing exhibit so it's so interesting to see what people bring in and come up with around those themes yeah this uh saturday we'll have um a reception actually open to the public uh from four to six and we have a reception an exhibition reception for every exhibit and uh so this one will be for uh, the current exhibit to kind of kick it off let everybody it know off. it's there yeah. yeah we are with uh, linda rosso and land ledbetter from the linda fairley carpenteria arts center and we'll be back in just a minute we've all felt left out and for people who move to this country that feeling lasts more than a moment we can change that 
Learn how at belongingbeginswithus.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council. In 1977, an eight-year-old boy picked up the game of golf from his father. The odds of that same boy winning the U.S. Open twice, one in 1.2 billion. The odds of him having a child diagnosed with autism, one in 88. Ernie Els encourages you to learn more at autismspeaks.org slash signs. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. And we're back. We're talking with Lan Ledbetter from the Linda Fairley uh, Carpentry Arts Center, along with the executive director, Linda Rosso. And I was wondering if you spend any amount of time around the gallery. I imagine your day is filled with uh, seeing people who are suddenly caught in a moment or in a mood because that's what art does to you. There are people that um, become very enamored with something or a particular artist's work um, and want to research that artist's other pieces. They're learning. They're learning. And the other thing that's really important is that our gallery is we have hosts and they're all volunteers. So it's it's an all-volunteer situation. And we're always looking for new volunteers that want to join and help. Because it's a really great way to get into the community, to meet new people, and it's mm-hmm. just fun. And it is fun. They, it becomes a very social situation uh-huh. to become friends. And uh, like you said, it wouldn't be uncommon at all uh, since the pieces are for sale. I mean, that's when you see the connection made. I got to have that because it just yes. touched me. You know? Yes, yeah. and that really that really happens. Wow. Uh, are there any types of art displays that pose more of a challenge than others? I mean, there have to be, uh, because art is such a wide-ranging thing. But um, uh, is that in your thought process when you're deciding what the next event will be or what events would work? Uh, you know, because there, there are costs involved, there's labor involved, sometimes when something is tricky. Oh, large art pieces, they're fun to see. Um, tricky to hang, but you know, if you have a large art piece, we'll still love to see it if you'd mm-hmm. like to submit one. And um, we have a criteria of hanging artwork, but if you have an art piece that maybe is hung using bolts or on a different sort of framework, as long as you work with the exhibition committee and the installation team, Mm-hmm. We can try to make something work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Those are usually the trickiest pieces that I see. Just um, untraditional framing and untraditional uh, mounting. That's its own kind of uh, art in itself. The art of hanging art. Of how to put it all together. <laughs> yeah. And then we also have uh, jewelry. A lot of jewelry from a variety of artists. And we change that display uh, a volunteer changes that display to fit in with every exhibit. You see that right as you walk in? As soon as you walk in. Okay, yeah, I noticed yes. that. Yes, um, I was Also, it crosses my mind about sculptures and things. I mean, talk about having to be extremely careful and make sure that uh, the venue for that sculpture is the right one so it doesn't fall off. Yes, we have pedestals for ceramics and sculptures and those things, but they're very careful when the exhibition committee puts everything together, that it's in the right place, it's not in the middle of traffic, fits in with everything else that they're surrounding it. 
uh, with. So right, you have to I, make sure you you have what you need. And when you talk about fundraising and, and your your projects, uh, uh, that goes into that absolutely. into the budget as far as having the right pedestal for that or yes. the right uh, yes. materials to hang the art. We just went through that. Yes, okay. <laughs> we had to get new pedestals. So. Oh, what is that a once a year thing? The fundraising, uh, you know, to, oh, to no, get all it's your an ongoing. We we just completed our annual pallet to pallet. Right. Big success. Big success. And that's our annual largest fundraiser. I see. And but we have other events throughout the year that and we're always fundraising um, because that's the only way we can stay open. Okay. To raise funds. A nice donation box right there at the door too, next to the jewelry I saw. Yes. 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 Uh, here's kind of a loaded question for you. Okay. What are we to make of the fact that Carpentarians seem to resist change, at least when it comes to modernization, but they just love this place where you're encouraged to open your mind and think differently? Well, I would have to look to Lan for this because she is a Carpentarian. And um, I think she has probably some good background history on that. I just kind of see not a conflict, but a contrast there. Uh, that you know, it's a very small town that wants to wants to stay that way. Yet when you go into an art gallery or museum, your mind opens. Right. You're thinking about all kinds of things, you know. Yeah, because it's not like a social change. It's it's creativity. It's expressing yourself. Well, I can say <laughs> one thing: um, the people that uh, have that I've met that have uh, relocated to Carpinteria. This is, this isn't by default. This is by choice, and they love what it represents. They love the way, the city, the community looks. It's a very close, tight knit community that cares about itself and wants to preserve it and take care of it. And many people that I've met um, come from large, large cities and large areas, and so they really appreciate that small town, uh, warm, cozy, kind of cup of sugar neighborhood, you know. Gotcha, gotcha. Borrow you a cup of sugar from my neighbor. And, and, and you kind of answered my next question, which which was, uh, is this place prominently on the map of the art uh, community? Do you get a lot of visitors from Los Angeles, from San Francisco, people that know that this we have an art art center here. We do, and we actually, and Land can attest to this, receive art from people outside of the area mm-hmm. for our different exhibits. And do you keep an eye toward whether it's appropriate for CARP when that happens? Mm. We usually leave that up to the juror. Oh, all right. Yes. Because okay. it's about the theme. Right. You know, whatever the, whatever that particular theme is. CARP's the most family-friendly place I've ever been in. So is adult content ever a concern? Because art is wide-ranging. There's avant-garde. There is adult content within art, for sure. Mm-hmm. Is that ever a, a, an issue? We allow um, tasteful content in our gallery, for sure. Tasteful is the key word. Tasteful, tasteful is the key word, yes. Okay. Yes. For those who don't know, why is the center named after Linda Fairley? Linda Fairley uh, is one of many people that helped create what we have today. And she was uh, one of 
the strongest providers of funding and really helped us get to the next step. She was very committed to that. And there are so many people in this 20-year history. Charles Labou, which we have our Charles Labou Gallery, mm-hmm. and uh, Van Wingerdens, and there's so many families and people, McIntyres, and there we have buildings named after them because they of their contributions and their help. And so Linda is very committed to the art center. Credit where credit's due. Yes, absolutely. All right. I referred to this earlier. It's amazing we even have the art center right there on Linden with the shops and restaurants. Um, how is it for you guys in terms of working alongside the businesses and being part of the business community on Linden? Oh, it's great. I mean, we think of it as a little community, and we invite them always to everything that we're doing. And um, the practice that we are starting, so we have concerts in the summer. We'll have um, five concerts this year, five or six. We used to only have three. Mm Mm-hmm summer concerts and they're the typically the third Saturday of the month and so we want to let all the neighbors know that we will have music and we hope that they'll come and join us the music only goes till like nine o'clock but yeah we still want to let them know yeah uh and it's it, it tends to lean bluegrass I mean I always hear oh. Americana folk bluegrass is usually what I hear when I go by it's delightful but it is delightful but, but I is that the preference soft or rock and oh, okay uh, some oldies but goodies, and what am I leaving out? I think you covered it all. Okay, <laughs> it's a, okay, it's a great breath. What is really um, a treasure, I think, to see, and and it's a experience, is that there are say two hundred people there. And there are children dancing with their parents, parents dancing with their grandparents, kids with kids, and they're having such a good time. Yeah. The, the spectrum of age, ages is phenomenal. Yeah. And uh, to see everyone out there enjoying themselves, some people bring their dinner, and we have picnic benches. They can bring their dinner and have dinner. Mm-hmm. And so it's... Uh, like a throwback almost. You just don't see that anywhere. Yeah. And uh, I think that's one of the treasures. Art cuts across all lines that way, doesn't yes. it? Generational. Yes. Uh, the Avocado Festival is coming back this year, and I know that has been somewhat a controversy among businesses in town, uh, but what I hear is the emphasis this year has shifted to where locals are going to be running most of the booths. It'll, it'll have more of a local emphasis. Will you, I'm, I'm sure you'll have a presence. People are going to be walking right by there all day and all right. weekend. Uh, right. So what, how do you handle that? Well, our gallery is open, and as a community center, we feel that this is a great give back to the community. We'll have the Avocado Festival, and we want people to enjoy the festival and also enjoy the gallery because we have a large, large opening mm-hmm. uh, that's sort of an indoor-outdoor um, experience so okay. that we can uh, share what what we're exhibiting at that point in time. Be keeping an eye out for avocado art. 
Yeah, all the time. There, yeah, there will definitely be avocado art. Uh, it, it it just seems such a perfect fit too, uh, because when you're new to Carpinteria, you you don't always pick up on it or or, or see it. But the murals, uh, Mr. Wolbrandt, and uh, the art community here, it, it's quite intense. You wouldn't know it. You it seems not. like a surfing beach town kind of thing, but you you have you an art community that rivals a big city. Yes. Yeah. And, um, for instance, we just had our Palette to Palette event, and one of the auction items was a local artist, and it, it was in the auction, and I think it went for 8000 or $8,500, and you wouldn't think, oh, this small town with local artists, but there is so much talent and it's very appreciated. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah, it's just part of our demographic, I guess. You know, obviously the income level is higher here. It costs more to live here. Yes. Uh, but you have people who are from that art community, maybe from a larger city who settled here as well, and yes. there's that influence. And then we also uh, our give back to the community is to offer our facility once a month to a nonprofit that might want to hold an event. Um, at without charge. Very so, nice. Uh, we we try to be the good neighbor as well as keeping keeping ourselves uh, above water. Yeah, yeah, that's very carp. Um, <laughs> how do you see the future of Linden Avenue? There are, are some controversies. There is a lot of talk about not radical change, but some significant changes. Uh, the whole city is in the throes mm-hmm. of some serious change right now. So, would you care to offer an opinion on what you think? It's all going to settle out as, and I know you guys are going to be secure where you are. The community, like I said, you're beloved right. in the community, uh, but changes are coming. Changes are coming, and I wish that I could predict, but I, my sense is that because of preservation, Linden Avenue, which is like a main you know, straight to the beach, um, or just a few few blocks from the beach. I think that will be preserved. I I just, I mean, changes can occur, but I think they'll hold on to something that is a mainstay of the community. Yeah, and you're in a unique position anyway. If it was to go full modernization, gentrification, Mm -hmm. whatever it's like, or stay quaint as it is, art... Mm-hmm. There's something to cover that in art. Right. Either way, right. <laughs> you're going to be able exactly. to go with the flow. Either way, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And you know, we also have an arts and crafts fair uh, once a month, and that's interesting because it's local artists again bringing their different creations um, from sea glass jewelry to candles to everything in between yeah so that's really um that brings a lot of people and it's very popular you bring in sea glass that's so interesting you have to explain that to people who don't live on the coast (laughs) and they have people making jewelry out of it oh i like that a lot and we'll actually have the sea glass festival this year all Uh, right sea glass isn't it called festival yes um and that is a really popular event. I bet. Yeah. You can do all kinds of stuff mm-hmm. with that. Amazing. And they do. Yeah. It's amazing. 
one of the things that we're really, education is obviously very important to us, but so is our senior community. So we are really reaching out and trying to grow our programs to accommodate seniors who might be dealing with isolation due to mobility issues or whatever. So we've been having special tours for seniors. Nice. Um, and then a little snack kind of get together socialization. Mm -hmm. And we are working on growing that program because we do have a lot of seniors here and we have a lot of low income seniors. And so this is an opportunity to bring an experience to them. Hopefully they will get to do an art experience and, you know, we're writing grants and all kinds of things to try to accomplish that. You can donate, volunteer, get involved, find out lots more at carpenteriaartscenter.org. And it's been my pleasure to talk to Lan Ledbetter, the IT specialist, and a whole bunch of other stuff over there, and the executive director, Linda Rosso. Uh, thank you very much for coming thank down for the you. podcast. Thank, thank you. you. Something to Carp About is now available wherever you get your podcasts, including Stitcher, Podomatic, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. We're sponsored by Pacific Prairie Productions, specializing in radio syndication and podcast production. Call 805-500-3144. Talk to you next time. I'm Dennis Mitchell.